and a one Iana. And a two Iana. Three Iana. Three Iana. Four Iana. Five Iana. Is it? Six Iana. Seven Iana. That's how many bags of chips we have. Seven. (laughs) Seven bags of chips. Welcome to the Master of Fun podcast. I'm your co-host, Lara. And I'm your co-host, Jonathan. Are we both co-hosts? I feel like you're the host. I'm I your feel co-host. Like you're the host. I'm the, there's a pilot and a co-pilot. You're the pilot. Oh, I don't know. I feel like you drive. I just ride and I play like a cool, like '90s R&B mix. Oh, and run into a couple of curbs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the chips. I know Laura led with bags of chips. Yeah. We have in the last episode. We. Uh, recorded in between them she said i need a little snack a little nibble no i didn't did i say nibble i think i said snickety snack i would never say nibble okay sometimes you just go uh, yeah i just, like i need that i need a lot and um so i brought out not even all the chips in my cupboard not even not even close you have at least 40 more bags of chips <laughs> in there i have a i have a condition where i need to try newer chips when they're released but i don't go for them all lately i'm like i will actually look at the ingredients and if it's more than a mile long i say there's probably a few things my body doesn't want well that's a good choice but anyway we have like a seven bags of chips right here because lara couldn't choose one she wanted seven yeah my the comparable item for me is candy Mm. if there's a new kind of candy i gotta try it if starburst is like New savory Starburst. I'm like, gotta try it. Nice. If it's like Juju be filled gummies, I yeah. gotta try it. Juju fills. Juju fill. Your old Juju fills. Yeah, those yep. are good. <laughs> no, but I'll try them. That's good. Mm-hmm. So I'm big on the candies, the gummies. Yeah. The chocolates, mm. mostly gummies. So. So this one's brought to you by gummies. By gummies. Um, okay, so we left off in our last episode. We were talking about, we talked about imposter syndrome. If you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to dip back in mm-hmm. so you understand what we're talking about. But it's basically the sense that like you're a total phony and a fraud and none of your accomplishments are legitimate and it's all a big lie and you're just living on the edge of fear that people are going to discover that you're really totally a loser. Yeah. Did I did I capture your everyday inner monologue? Yeah, you, yes. <laughs> That's you mine. Just described both of uh, our fears. Uh, it's so true. Yeah. Okay, so we ended we ended last episode talking a little bit about I, I was saying like I think that the sort of antidote to imposter syndrome is having an accurate assessment of oneself. Yes. And so when I was in the middle of a huge lecture of one of my children, who shall remain nameless. You were lecturing your child? Yes, always, Mm. 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. I came up with a little discovery that I was like, oh, this is like a whole sermon. Okay. So maybe this is a little bit of an intro to a podcast episode. Yeah. So like imagine, so I've always pictured like confidence on a spectrum like on one end is like arrogance and conceit and pride. Mm. And on the other end is humility 
or even low self-confidence, like this low opinion of yourself. Sure. Insecurity, low self-esteem, whatever. And that the goal is to be over all the way over to the humble end where you like have self-loathing, right? (laughs) Goals. Goals. But I realized as I was lecturing my child and I pulled out a piece of paper and drew this as a diagram that I don't think it's like a linear spectrum. I actually think it's more like a wheel. Hmm. And at the top or let's say on one side of the wheel... Let's say the top, you have like true humility. And the bottom side of the wheel, you have pride and arrogance. You, what you think is, because here's what I have experienced. People who are really arrogant and conceited and cocky, they're actually super insecure. Hmm. And so they vacillate very quickly between like, I'm the king of the world. Right, right. It's and an like, overemphasis. Yeah, you, yeah. Yes. It's like they swing to these two extremes. So it can't be a linear scale. They actually are just going one titch on a wheel. Like the wheel is kind of just tipping mm. one way or the other. This is a lot easier if you have visuals. But yeah, are you, you tracking? Just did like a metronome, a clock thing. Yeah, like uh-huh. you're ticking back and forth. You're really just like on a, if you imagine like in your locker. Yes. You're like t- ticking past zero in one direction and then you're ticking past zero in the other direction. Yeah, it's like a pendulum swing. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, but you're really only moving a little ways, but it's, you're going from one to 199. Mm. But really, it's like you're right around zero is the point. Sure. So I'm saying zero is like w- what we look, it looks like self-loathing and then self-obsession or, or like pride. I think what the zero is on that lock, that kind of the, top or whatever, the bottom, I don't know, I've lost myself in this metaphor. No, it's okay, we'll, we'll go top. Okay, okay top. <laughs> the top of that is actually like a focus on yourself. It's mm-hmm. a self-obsession, a self-focus. And when you're self-obsessed, you're going to vacillate very easily between like, I'm the best and or I'm the worst because mm. you're just focused on yourself. And the bottom of that wheel is like this focus on God or on others where you, in in light of who God is, you can have an accurate assessment of yourself. So you're not operating in this place of like, I'm the best or I'm the worst. You're like, I'm actually like capable of greatness. I'm also capable hmm. of total wickedness. Yeah. <laughs> and in, in light of who God is, I'm like beloved and redeemed hmm. and also helpless to do good apart from him. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you feel? Tell me how you've seen that, um, like actually work out throughout your life. Have you, is there like a certain time where you felt like that pendulum was swinging? Oh my gosh, yeah. I like this is, I mean, we were talking a couple episodes about how, like, one thing people love about me is this self deprecating humor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that comes from a place of like deep wounding. People don't want you to be actually healthy or secure. The second I'm like, you know what? I think I have like a gift in this area. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're a lot funnier Steady when you girl. hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> we want that version of mm-hmm. you. And it's like, okay, well, that's like a not a very healthy version of me. That's a version of me that's really self-obsessed and like insecure and hating myself. But, you know, there's some humor in that. <laughs> yeah. Sure, but it comes from a place of deep wounding and like insecurity, 
which is really me focusing mm. on myself in comparison to other people. But when I'm focused on myself in comparison to Christ, that's humbling, right? Mm. Like Jesus is perfect and loving and loves all people. And so when I'm focusing on him and his example, I'm like, oh, so in comparison to Christ, I can have an accurate assessment of myself because in comparison to his like ministry, mine's pretty rough. In comparison to his sinlessness, I'm not doing great. But also in comparison to who I would be apart from him, it's like, man, I'm like wildly valuable Hmm. and valued and worthy. And uh, he says I'm like, worth fighting for and dying for. Yeah. And he loves me. And so that gives me an an accurate assessment of myself. And it actually brings you to a focus on other people instead of on yourself. And that's where like real humble ant slash confidence comes from. Like security hmm. comes from focusing not on yourself or your own shortcomings or your own accomplishments, but this like view of yourself in comparison to like, not even in comparison to in light of who God is because he he created us. And so we are like all our lives as Christians, we've been told that we are inherently evil, right? Total depravity, total depravity, total depravity. And it's like, okay, Calvin, we get it. (laughs) But it's also like, Calvin, yeah, Calvinism. But also it's like, okay, but when I'm reading the Bible, apart from all of the like Christian culture stuff, when I'm reading the Bible, like I see like a bunch of historical, like crazy town historical stuff. Yeah. And then I see like this relentless God pursuing wicked and deplorable people and being like, hey, because I love you, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, okay, so... I'm capable of wickedness and I'm deplorable in so many ways. And also God can relentlessly pursues me. Yeah. So that's my wheel Mm. of focus. Wheel of fortune. Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think pride and arrogance and insecurity is a linear scale. I think it's actually a wheel and at the top is self obsession and self focus. And that's going to tick back and forth between arrogance and pride and insecurity and self-loathing. Mm. And at the bottom of that is a God focus and an others focus. And then you're going to, you're just going to be heavy and stable in your identity and able to see an accurate view of yourself, which mm. is that you are, you're not perfect and yeah. you're also not trash. Like mm. we're just like loved and okay as we are. Yeah, that's very good. What were you thinking? No. <laughs> That's great. I think that I mean it it makes me realize where where I've been I feel like most confident in life is always the time that I feel like I am closest to God. We're feeling like I'm like um it's not just about like doing your daily devo and in the morning it's like a constant prayer when you're praying without ceasing actually just thinking of mm-hmm. God, what do I do here? In like every, every, the small moments, right? I feel like those are the times that I'm most confident in myself, in who I am. Cause I think that God's doing a work in your heart and something, I think something supernatural happens there where there's a confidence in who God is actually continually making you to be. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in the times that I'm like, oh gosh, I I feel like, not that I haven't thought of God in like a month, but where mm-hmm. you just know your times are just like, I feel just a just distant, a distance, you know. Yeah. And there there's, it's a relationship, you know, just like any other person. You're like, gosh, I haven't talked to them in like a month. I, what are you even up to, you know? <laughs> but I I think that there's um that's when I feel a bit most lost. And it's not just like, oh, God's always been there. So it's like a, com- a comfort blanket. I think it's way beyond that of we're actually being formed into who God wants us to be. And there's confidence mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. And it's weird because we have these, we have these like this disdain for certain language. Yeah. And I think saying confidence or self-esteem or security, and none of those things are like palatable. Mm-hmm. We want to hear like... My identity is so fixed in Christ that I recognize my own depravity. And it's like, what if we talked like human beings in the, (laughs) you know, in this century? And we just said, like, I have a sense of like confidence because I know who I am Mm -hmm. and who I was created to be. Yeah. And just like who you know, like, there's things you know that are best for your kids, right? Where it's like, you don't want to do that. This is what you want to do. That's not going to go well for you. <laughs> where those things that you know that are good or bad for your kids, God knows those things for us. Mm-hmm. And it's like when we actually are in tune with the spirit of God, I feel like those are the things that we like, oh yeah, this is this is who I'm made to be. And that leads to a sense of security. Yes. And that's it, is I think we talk about confidence or whatever, self-focus. It's really just a sense of security. And when you're talking about, knowing what's best for your kids, that develops in our kids a strong sense of security when they know they can trust us Hmm. and when they know that we have their best interest at heart and they have like a clear view of themselves and an accurate assessment of themselves. (laughs) I think that's it. Is what's hard, it's hard to, you want to tell your kids how great they are and you also want to be like, also don't do that ever again for the right. rest of your life. Right, <laughs> yeah. That thing you did, like, I don't ever want you to do that again. Nobody will like you hmm. if you do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you want them to have an accurate assessment of themselves. Yeah. There is a true security in, in, when they go out into the world as adults. If they have an inflated view of themselves, they're insufferable. Hmm. And if they have... And a deflated and unhealthy view of themselves, they're insufferable. If you have a child who is a balanced and accurate assessment of themselves, it's like that's a whole person. We can do something with this, you know? Right. So that's kind of my thing with like combating imposter syndrome. You have to have an accurate view of yourself. And that's hard for like those people who are listening that aren't Christians. Yeah. Like we're talking about you have to have an accurate view of yourself in light of how much God loves you and who he created you to be and a standard he has for you to strive toward. Mm-hmm. If you're not a Christian, that's like a weird thing to say. Sure. So good luck. And I don't have answers. <laughs> well, also, <laughs> And I think even Christian or not. So there's when imposter syndrome comes into play with just, relationships in your life mm-hmm. where you feel like you are, you know, we talked a lot last episode of, 
you in like your job or as creatively or as a speaker and you do great one day and the next day you feel like, okay, that was by chance. I feel like not enough. I don't feel like I'm, I'm just uh, making it up. Right. And I think that that could easily bleed into relationships where you feel like you are, you're, you don't know if you're going to show up to a house one day and your spouse is going to be gone because you actually feel like you have been making it up the whole time. You're not enough in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Or in like, like as in your job, like feeling like you are just an imposter, you know, or you might be feeling like you're doing your best, but it's like, gosh, is this really me? And is this person going to stay around because of like who I actually am? Mm-hmm. Am I, are you confident in who you are as a spouse or a friend? And what happens when like it actually comes true yeah. and you show up and it's like, oh, okay, um, this actually this actually came, my worst nightmare came true. It confirms all of those fears. And, and it confirms the fear. Um, and what, what do you do from there? I think that's where you need to have, we also mentioned just having like the solid core group of people around you that you can be vulnerable with Mm -hmm. and, um, that keep you grounded. But what, what happens when, um, I I just think that's a struggle for a lot of people that you, that you're never able to be, uh, enough for someone because, you either feel like you don't have the strength as a person to do it or you're just someone that someone else wouldn't feel like you're you're unlovable, right? You're like, you can never reach that point of right. I'm someone that they can love or it's like, you have a great day. It's like, gosh, that was that really me? Right. You know, did I get lucky there? Or have I now created a new bar that I'm... So- have I now created a new bar I'm supposed to like rise to? Right, every day? I can't always be this good. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's just a, something to have the people in your life that are constantly telling you, yes, you're enough. Well, and that's the thing. That's what the accurate view of yourself is, right? Yeah. Is when you have, and this is what's so hard for me when... And and I bought into this, this whole, like, the total depravity, like, you're kind of, <laughs> I mean, I remember, like, tell, I remember, like, struggling as a parent, being like, I want to tell, I want my kids to be proud of themselves when mm-hmm. they've accomplished something. I want, like, that little look on their face when they're like, oh, I did it. Mm-hmm. I, I never wanted to be like, okay, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> right. We... You did it with the Lord. Yeah, yes, yeah. So I, for me, it's always one of those both and things. Mm-hmm. I both believe that I'm helpless to do good apart from God. Like I recognize that for me, I'm just not that good. Yeah. But also like, I don't know, I'm all right. Right. Like God made like God made me okay. He gave you gifts. Yes, yeah. yeah. And like I... So I've, if you ever like done one of those exercises where you like picture what God would say to you, like when you enter heaven, like when you meet God face to face, like yeah, what do you terrifying. hope he says to you? Oh, is it? Yeah. What, what do you picture? I What's just scary? feel like I, I, I He's don't like, know. Nah. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, it's like, gosh, 
And, and this isn't like even accurate theology. My first thought is like, gosh, did I do enough? Oh, God. It's terrible. That is that's, just terrible. It's, I always have to shut off that first, and I know that's not who God is, mm-hmm. about just works-based faith. Right. Um, but, I mean, it's terrifying to stand before God. I My instant thing is like fear of like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I know oh. it should be excitement because I know how much God loves and cares for me as a child of his own. Mm-hmm. But that's not my first thought, okay. if I'm being honest. My, What's yours? My You're first, just gonna start doing MC Hammer dance. No, it's not excitement, and it's not fear. It's more like a a little bit of a relief, and a little bit of a like, hey, sorry, <laughs> you know, yeah, like kind of a. I don't. I mean, I don't know about humor, but kind of. I picture maybe in the coming in and being like. Okay, so I know I also saw. I know what you're gonna say. I know I also saw how I operated, and like I'm sorry, but also like, but am I right? Oh my God. <laughs> but like that was like, but I tried, right? Yes. You know, which is totally me at the top of that wheel, right? Right, being like. I'm the worst. I'm so sorry, but also like kind of funny. Am I right? <laughs> like the worst. So like probably terrible news. But when I have done these like little things where you have to envision like how would God how would God greet you mm-hmm. and what would He say to you or what would you hope? And I I picture every time I've been like challenged to do that exercise. Every single time I picture that Jesus would be like, "Hey, you're okay." Mm-hmm. That's it. I I think that's an accurate assessment of myself. I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm not great. (laughs) I'm also like, I'm okay. Sure. I'm not the worst. And I don't mean in comparison to other people. I just mean that like, I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah. We're all okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And I think we have this perfectionism, like you mentioned before. I feel like we have these lies. We tell ourselves like, I'll never be enough. And Mm -hmm. like- there is some of that that is true. There is truth in like, we won't ever be enough for one person sure. to turn to. We're not their God. And if we are, we're going to be a serious freaking disappointment. Yeah. And I don't think there's also anything like, um, I think we should always strive to be better. Sure. Like this is the perfectionism talking a little bit, but also like, it's not to say like, okay, well, we can never be perfect, so I'm not going to do anything. For sure. I think the way that I've... um grown the most as far as like even just like skills as always surrounding myself knowing that I'm like actually not the best in the room like uh, being a better musician I'm everyone on the stage is better than me and I'm gonna grow actually in your ride because of that you tell yourself that no that's true stop it it's not true but like surrounding yourself with people that are just like where you wanna be sure I think is healthy for sure and there's nothing wrong in saying, okay, I do have deficiency in this area. Yeah. I'm going to be around this person because, wow, I can learn a lot. Right. Um, so it's not like accepting the total depravity and just being like, woe is me. Yeah. I guess okay. I'll work on nothing. Right. You know, Netflix for life. <laughs> well, no, I totally agree. I, I'm like, I have to battle that because I'm like my... In some ways, like I have, I feel like a, a standard of excellence that I expect right. from myself and from other people around me. 
Um, and mostly like my kids, like I'm not, it's like, we don't quit. That's not what we do. And so I've like, you know, I'm trying to like think through and even like there was for a while, there was like this kind of hashtag people moms were using. It was like hashtag world world's okayest mom. Hmm. And I was just like, that's not okay. No, it seems rough. You know? Yeah. If you know you're just okay, like, do better. That's like what Meredith from The Office would post. Yeah. It's like, it's really, that, that's the yeah. bar. Yeah, don't be okay <laughs> be with okay. Yeah. But also, so so I struggle with this because I'm like, no, like, do better. Yeah. Don't be okay with it just being okay. But also, I think an accurate assessment of us is that we're just okay. Sure. And that we're okay. Like I say, I changed the inflection because I think yeah. it means two different things. And so, I don't know. It's sort of this balance of strive for excellence and do your best and apply yourself and stretch yourself and challenge yourself to do. I do think there are a lot of people living purposeless lives that yeah. have a lot of, they're sitting on a huge amount of skill mm. and they're just either pouring it into something that is useless, maybe maybe lucrative, but not like right. meaningful. So I say like do better. And I see a lot of people who are okay being just okay in the area that they're working or loving. And it's like do better. Like mm. it's it's good to do better, to strive for excellence, but also like you're also okay. Like yeah. there is there is an element of striving that feels dysfunctional. It's like, what are you striving for? Whose approval do you need? You're okay. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good balance of like doing the most and the best with like what's in your hand. You mm-hmm. are you are, have been born. Everyone's been born with certain gift, gifts and skills. And if you're actually putting your best forward with what God has put in your hand, I think it'll only just grow from there. And not maybe people are just like totally cool with being like they're complacent with where they're mm-hmm. at. They're doing the best with what's, you know, they've been given in their certain, it's like, I don't need to keep growing and grow and get better and better. But I just feel like we do have a responsibility at least to steward well sure. with what we've been given. Like sure. that's skills included. You know? Yeah, I agree. No, I do. I do agree. And, you know, I guess like, for our takeaway today, like one thing I would want to challenge people with is why, why, why do, (laughs) words are hard. Why do you think we oftentimes want to see other people not feel good about themselves? Like, what is that? Hmm. What is that in us? Why do we want to see people why do we want people to stay small why do we want to see people feel bad about themselves right i think we're always looking for an out and when we see Mm. other people fail it's like oh phew they failed now i can fail and i don't feel as bad Mm -hmm. it's an easy out to be around people that you know are gonna fail that's why i think it's i think it's a challenge to be around people that you know are gonna like just (laughs) maybe make you look the worst. Yeah. It's hard, but I think it's the better thing for you. Yeah. You know what you made me think about? I used to do, I used to teach about like contentment over comparison and like jealousy and 
envy and that sort of thing. And one of the things that I used to speak about was the fact that we tend to compare ourselves to people at our own age. And when we look at someone our own age, like when we look at someone ahead of us in age and they're like, oh, they've got the house, the dream house, or they've got the dream profession, or they have like, oh, look at all those clients they have. Mm -hmm. They're driving the car I would want, all that stuff. We don't feel envious because they're like, they're still ahead of us. So we don't think we should have that thing. We're like, oh, this is something I'm striving towards. It's the natural progression. Right. They're yeah. like, oh, some that gives me hope that someday I can get there. But when someone at your age or in your life stage has those things or have accomplished those things, you look at them and you think, oh my gosh, so somebody in this, with the same amount of life experience has already accomplished these things that I feel like I should have. Yeah, we start to feel like this sense of entitlement that has been violated. And mm. so then we're envious. And I think that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know if that related or not. No, it's, but it's good. Just, but like what you're talking about, these people that are ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And then when you're comparing yourself to people who are in your life stage that are ahead of you, it's hard. It's like this schadenfreude, like which is, it's called damaged joy, basically is the direct translation. It just means... We wish, we like take delight in other people's suffering yeah. when we see them lose everything, yeah. when we see people fail. So that's what made me think of it. As you were talking about when people fail, right. it kind of relieves us of the pressure to succeed. It's like, it's called schadenfreude. Yeah, there's something <laughs> weird about us. Like everyone roots for the underdog, but then the people even like on top, we love when it, they crumble. Like we, everyone loves when the Patriots lose the Super Bowl, sure, because yeah. they've won for so long. Yes, and everyone roots for like the Owen sixteen team the next season to come to. So it's like there's there's a lot of us that wants to be like help with like be the savior for someone, but also be like okay, now you you've yeah, had your unless time. Unless you're feeling good about yourself, <laughs> right. then we want to like humble you. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, it all goes back to that accuracy, right? The accurate assessment. Like, okay, you're not the best in the world. You're not yeah. the worst in the world. Like, stay in the sweet spot where you recognize, like, your potential and also your, like, shortcomings. Right. But it is a weird thing that we want to see, that we take some sort of delight in others' suffering and their yeah. failures. Let's not do that. Yeah, so this week, the challenge is to have to establish an accurate assessment of yourself, hmm. to focus outward instead of on yourself and to... I'll say this and maybe even encourage someone. I was just going to say that. Okay, I beat you. No, go, go, okay. go. I was going to say to build up others around you. Yeah, and specifically someone that's like, you know you might prop up to make you even like look a little less. That's someone that's hard to prop up in your... In your life, Ooh, someone that you feel like already feels pretty good about themselves. Yeah, but and and even if in doing that, you think about that wheel, they're one tick away from feeling terrible. Right, and I think that could, like, actually bring them to the humble side, to center. Yeah, I agree. So, good. let's do it, people. Guys, come on, get that ticker in the right area. Yeah. What does that even mean? I don't know. All right. But I liked it. Me too. We're going to finish all these chips now. Yep. One bag at a time. All right. Well, until next time. 
Okay, bye. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for enjoying our episode. Oh. Oh. <laughs> bye. Yeah.